Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 125, and we're talking about Indonesia and Pesta Blogger. 125. Do we get like a, an email from the Queen or something? Um, I should hope so. <laughs> I should hope so. But we haven't got it yet, so... We'll keep, Probably not. Keep <laughs> we didn't get one of the hundred. I don't think we're going to get yeah. one of the hundred and twenty-five. Liz, it's easy. Mail at indietravelpodcast dot com. You can do it. <laughs> yes, because I'm pretty sure Queen Elizabeth II is one of our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. It's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking with Anthony Vianco, who's also known as the Travel Tart, about his current trip around Indonesia, where he's taking part in Pesta Blogger. We were interested to see how new media, travel blogging, and everything like that is making real-life on-the-road relationships. Yeah, it's really interesting. Talking about real-life relationships, you might remember Sherry Ott, who produced our free city guide to Saigon, Vietnam. Uh, Sherry was eating in a restaurant the other day when she was interrupted by several Australians. They'd listened to the show and had recognized her voice. Now, how cool is that? It that is so random. That is internet stardom. So, yeah. <laughs> kudos, Sherry. That is fantastic. We are both very jealous. Yeah. No letter from the Queen. No random strangers stopping us. <laughs> Shocking. Oh, it's terrible. If you're one of the listeners who recognize Sherry and you've got a photo of you with Sherry, please email it into us. Mail at indietravelpodcast.com. Today's show is sponsored by Boots and All, so here's a quick introduction to Boots and All from their CEO, Sean. G'day, my name is Sean Keener. I'm the CEO of the Boots and All Travel Network, and we're really excited to be affiliated with Linda and Craig and their Indie Travel Podcast. The Boots and All Travel Network is a series of about 50 travel websites that is focused on mainly independent travelers, so please come visit us at www.bootsandall.com. That's B-O-O-T-S-N-A-L-L dot com. Cheers. Cheers, Sean. Great to have you with us. Well, we want to quickly move on, so let's allow Anthony, who's our guest today, to introduce himself. I actually started up the the dot com um, offbeat tales from a travel addict about oh, the beginning of this year. So what what I wanted to do was, um, I mean, I, there was lots of travelogues out there about the south of France or you know, the Tuscany hills and that kind of thing. I, I just wanted to do something a bit different and, and actually just take the piss out of traveling and just lampoon it um, because that's the actually the best thing for me is the, the things that go wrong, the things that stuff up, um, the funny travel photos, that kind of stuff. So I decided to just basically start start that up and, you know, I'm starting to get some, some traction with it, which is great. So, And that's how I pretty much started. But in terms of myself, I've been traveling for about um, about 10 years. So I'm, I guess I'm showing my age a bit there. But it's something that I really love doing. And I've gone to about 40 countries at the moment across six continents. I just need to add Antarctica to the list to make that complete. So, I mean, I just love traveling because I love, you know, I'm someone who has a short attention span and, like, and likes lots of stimulus. So... Travel provides that with all for me. So there's all the different foods, all the different sites and the cultures and, and the smells and the sounds and all that kind of thing. And it doesn't matter where it is. I just like getting stuck into it and, and experiencing what the world has to offer. So that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. And, you know, I'm still oh, – by the way, for a lot of um, uh, North American listeners, like um, Travel Tart 
um, it's a, a strange slang. So Atar is is often referred to for someone who loves doing something or who, who loves something so much. And actually someone called me, he called me, oh, you're a travel tart. You love traveling so much. And, and that term came from uh, from a nickname that's given to an, an old Queensland premier of ours, um, Peter Beattie. And he was called a media tart because he just loved being in front of the media all the time. So that's why that's why I come up with the name, the, the travel tart. Now, we've got Anthony on the show to talk about his experiences in Indonesia, where he was travelling last year for Pesta Blogger, or Blogger Party. He explains a bit more about Pesta Blogger 2008 and his current Pesta Blogger travels here. Look, these guys like to have a good time and, and just, you know, show you the best of their country, and that's why that's why I like it so much, and that's why I'm, I'm really keen to go back. Now, what I, what I thought of doing was um, actually going back to Indonesia and travelling through and staying with a number of their blogging communities. So what happens in Indonesia is that people are so passionate about blogging that um, they actually meet offline in blogging community groups. So these might be you know, 100, 200 people or so, and, and they get together you know, fairly regularly every, every month or so and, and just pretty much have a good time. And one thing that struck me was that these, these blogging communities are actually formally organised in, in a number of cities and provincial, provincial towns throughout Indonesia. And what, that gave me the idea to actually go and travel to these places and stay with the local blogger communities and see Indonesia through their eyes. So this is something a bit different than actually just turning up as a, as a tourist and, and just doing the, the normal tourist thing or travel thing. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of foreigners go to, to Bali and, you know, don't see much of the rest of Indonesia. And I just wanted to see or basically um, go to the places that not many people really go to and see more of, more of the country because it is it's incredibly diverse. It's, you know, a couple of hundred million people and, and just a huge range of cultures and, and foods and all sorts of things. And, and when I pitched the idea to the Pesta blogger, the Pesto Blogger organisers, they thought it was great and it was something a bit different. So what I'm planning to do is actually go for about a month, about four weeks, and stay with these blogging communities and actually blog about this experience on the road and take some video footage as well and also tweet my way through Indonesia as well on my own Twitter account, which is The Travel Type. So if you just Google that, that should come up as, as well. And... So I'm really looking forward to this. Um, there's no no plans. Um, the only plans I have is just the places I'm going to, which is three places in Sumatra and three places in Java. And I'm just going to turn up and see what happens. And whatever happens, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. And and that's pretty much – actually, that's how I pretty much like to travel anyway. I like just turning up to an airport and see what happens and, and just keep an open mind and an and open itinerary and, and we'll see what happens from there. So, Craig, what do you think about this Pesta Blogger Party? Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, sounds like a lot of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyone who likes to travel also seems to like to drink. That's what I've learned. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary kind of correlation, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think it's really interesting seeing this connection between um, what I normally think of as a rather disparate online world. You know, you've got people that might be in the same town or the same city, but they're really connecting online. They're not 
connecting in real life. Mm-hmm. So it seems cool that there's these big community-driven groups that are, um, you know, bringing people together to make real-life connections. That's right. So they're meeting online, but they've got this shared interest that they can bring to a real-life relationship. Yeah. It's really so cool. So it does sound cool. And do you think this online-offline bridging is going to be more and more the future of travel? Tricky. What do you reckon? I think so. I mean, certainly for us, we've found a lot of people online that we've connected with that we would never have met if we weren't for the internet and for our shared interest. Mm. And then we've hooked up with them and, and had coffee or, or whatever, and it's been really good. Hooked up meaning met Got with. together, yeah. <laughs> well, got together, yeah. <laughs> You're just digging a bigger and bigger hole today, aren't you? <laughs> I'm using the term hooked up to mean, to mean met in person. Ah, I see. That yeah. is your English language translation for the day. <laughs> I am an English teacher as well. (laughs) Straight out of the classroom onto the podcast. You could do better. Um, Yeah, I think so. And we're seeing that more and more with Twitter, I think, because it's real time. You can go, hi, I'm an ex. Anyone want to meet up for dinner? It's not like, I think the blog, blogging's a bit slower. Definitely. But um, yeah, with more and more real time virtual communication you can meet up with all sorts of random stalkers and it's awesome <laughs> yeah it's great. i like it because you could have had a relationship with someone for a couple of years before you meet them in person mm. and then you get to know them and it's great or you might have just met them the day before and then you can meet them in person or you might just have never heard of them yeah and then you're meeting up in person so yeah. that's great but because you're connecting online there's somewhere for the relationship to go, go. Yeah. so yeah that's what no. i really appreciate i like that and for travel especially there's nothing like going I'm in Random City X, where should I go for dinner? And, yes. you know, you get this flood of invitations and opportunities to meet up. So, yeah, yeah it's really cool. Well, Anthony's trip's being sponsored in part by AirAsia. So do you think we're going to see more and more trips that are partly funded? I hope so, because I know that, you know, the traditional journalist has their whole trip funded by companies, and it's all organized and it's all done. But I think... For bloggers, you, you don't usually get those sort of opportunities, although I have heard of a few people getting them. And I think kind of this small sponsorship is a good way to promote the brand in a, in a real way because bloggers, I think, are more likely to be quite honest about their experiences, if they're positive or negative, even if they're being sponsored. Mm. They're not likely to do things just for the freebies, which is a problem that's been talked about in the travel industry and journalism. Well, forever, forever. Eh? Yeah. I mean, it's... It's um, one of those issues. Yeah. And, I mean, sure... There are honest journalists out there, but I think there, there is that issue that if you're getting something for free, you've kind of got to give a, a positive review. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, and yeah, you get guidebooks that are, um, you know, every, every uh, say, piece of accommodation in the guidebook have all paid their $1,000 a year membership fee to be yeah, part to be of the, yeah. the organization that produces the guidebook. Um, <clears throat> and so I think... These issues are always going to be coming up in travel, but it's good to see small, like, amateur travel writers that are producing good stuff have the opportunity to to travel more, travel further. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, before we talk with Anthony again, here's a quick message from today's sponsor, Boots and All. G'day, this is Sean from Boots and All again, and we're at about the halfway point for today's Indie Travel Podcast. I wanted to share with you a part of Boots and All that I thought many of you would enjoy. It's called Boots and All Today. We feature 10 to 15 travel news and travel feature articles from around the web every day. Come check it out at www.boots.com. 
B-O-O-T-S-N-A-L-L dot com slash today. We asked Anthony what some of his trip highlights were from his last visit. And one thing that came up foremost was something that I can't pronounce at all. <laughs> it's Yonki Carter. Okay, that place definitely came up foremost. Uh, okay, well, this trip is actually going, is deliberately seeing other places or going to other places that I didn't go to last year. But one place I found fascinating and just quite um, and blew me away was Jogjakarta. So that was in, um, in in central Java. And the main reason for that is that um, it's just got a lot of character. It's a really nice city and, and you can just cruise around. And they've got building limits there that restrict the height of, um, of the houses. But the main two sites people go there for are the two temples there. And the first one's called Prambanan. And that's a Hindu temple. And that was actually flattened in about 2006 by the Jogjakarta earthquake. And when I went there last year, there was, it was like Legoland. They were still trying to stack pieces up on top of each other and doing, re- doing restoration because it's a UNESCO uh, World, World Heritage Site. And so this, this is basically three massive pillars in the middle of nowhere. And um, so that's been there for a few hundred years. And the other massive temple there is one called Borobudur, which is a Buddhist temple. Now, that was actually covered by, um, by volcanic ash and was only discovered in the 1900s. And there was a huge international effort to restore it. And, and this thing is basically, basically just a big chunk of temple on this hill um, with, the, with the, um, the volcano in the background, which probably swamped it. And this thing is just simply amazing. It takes your breath away. And you can just walk up, up to the top and, and just have a look out and think, oh, my God, how the hell did they build that? It was just quite amazing. It, it's up there for me with um, the pyramids because I've been to the pyramids. And, and you know, while there, it's, that's a pretty cliché tourist site, that's, it's still pretty impressive. But seeing these um, Barbador and Pambanan is, is just something else. And, and Barbador in itself rivals Angkor Wat and, and Cambodia. And I'd never actually heard of these two places before I went there last year. And, and I just went, wow. Like that, that was like a wow place for me. And, you know, it takes a lot for me to just to sort of sit back and think, wow, that's just blown my mind. And that's, that's the power of these places. And highly recommend anyone who's going to Indonesia is to go to Jogjakarta and see these two places, but, but also just get into the, um, the Javanese culture and the Javanese people and, and the food, because that's really, that's really got its own identity as well. However, things weren't all that easy. There were some pros and cons to consider when travelling through Indonesia. The, the di- difficulty with travelling in Indonesia is that there's 17,000 islands, and at some point you do or you may need to fly or otherwise you'll have to take a boat or a ferry and actually when you get to places like java like i've gone through java before and this is a very really small island that has 100,000 people and one thing you notice is that you know you you might um, get to a village and then you gain a bit of speed and a couple of minutes later you get to another village and you have to slow down so while the actual java the island of java itself is not very big it does take a while to get around just simply because there's just so many people there and so many villages. But um, most people, most people, I guess most Australians have been exposed to uh, travel in Bali and, and you can travel a number of uh, different ways you, you like. You can hire a scooter, you can, you can literally go up to a local in the street and say, look, 
you know, can you take me around Bali, show me around, and I'll pay you in, um, pay you and also pay for the hire of the car and pay you petrol. And, and it, it's not that um, it's not that expensive, and you get to see some really cool cool things, and especially from a local's perspective. And it really you're you're really only limited by your imagination in terms of how and where you want to travel there. And and people are pretty hospitable and and want to show you the best of their country, and and it's good fun. So. Really, it depends on where you really want to go. There's there's so much to offer. Like you know, in Sumatra, you've got a, a lot of um, national parks, and you've got um, you know the Sumatran tigers, all that kind of stuff. And then in Borneo, you've got the orangutans, and and Java in itself. Like you know, the, there's only like for example, there's a lonely planet for, for all of Indonesia. But I would think that Java would deserve its own book. There's just so much stuff there, and so much culture and rich history, and and there's pretty much something for everyone. Like there's, if you like the cultural stuff, if you like the food, that's there's something there. Um, if you like your diving, there's heaps of stuff to do um, around uh, heaps of islands. Um, lots of great diving to do, and basically, it's really what you want to do. It's this. It can cater to a lot of your needs and or your interests. So, and you know, mm-hmm. Indonesia's got so much variety. Like you could spend years there. Well, that sounds great, huh? Definitely. You can uh, follow Anthony's journey by visiting his site, which is thetraveltart.com, or check out the bilingual Pesta Blogger site, which is pestablogger.com. That's P E S T A blogger. Yeah, kind of like pesto, but with an A. Okay. That's how I remembered it. (laughs) (laughs) It's green and tasty. But with an A. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, and there's more details about the event on that site. Thinking about Southeast Asia and blogger parties and traveling through the region, next week we're speaking with Stuart McDonald, and he's the guy that runs Travelfish.org. Yeah, it's one of the world's most informative English language sites on the region, and they have some really cool resources on their site. They do indeed, so it's really good to be able to talk to him. Um, Will you talk a little bit about Indonesia, where he's living now, Cambodia, Laos, everywhere many places <laughs> um, so yeah so we do a cool um cool overview of the entire region so it's great to have him on board um next week make sure you tune in thinking of which we are going to have to make some plans about our travels over the next year because <laughs> yes. we've kind of been in new zealand for six months now and it's a bit weird and a bit strange and it it's, is. it's actually really cool to be home i mean we've done a lot of travel we've traveled around the south island and we've seen a lot of the north island and We've travelled with friends and we've hung out with people and we've reconnected and it's been really good, but we are getting itchy feet. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just too long in one place. So what we're going to do is um, by the time this goes live, I'll have posted a short article on the site and we'll talk about our big, broad, overarching plans. And we hope that you can come and help us fill in the gaps. So here's the plan. About... Late January or February next year, we're going to head off to South America. Uh, we've got about how long? About five or five four or five, five months. Five months, yeah. something like that. In July, we've got to be in the UK for a wedding, so that's kind of the the out point. We'll spend a couple of months in Europe, and then uh, maybe a bit of North Africa. North Africa, yeah. Go down thinking. to Asia. See, we're not entirely sure. <laughs> this is our problem. <laughs> it's problematic. We like to indeed. travel, and we'd like to see the whole world. And deciding where to go is a huge problem. Yeah. At the moment, South America and then London. That's kind of what we've, what we've got planned. Yeah. 
but um, yeah, that South America is this big gaping, empty continent at the moment. Um, oh, it's flying, so good. Flying from Auckland, we we landed in Santiago in Chile. So, um, but yeah, come and help us make our itinerary. We're crowdsourcing our life for the next year. <laughs> um, we won't take all of your opinions on board, but we will um, definitely try. We'll be doing some meetups and, um, you know, drinks and bars at various countries at various times over the next year. So yeah. we'll be all, all good. It's going to be so great. Well, before we take off for this week, here's our final message from our sponsor, Boots and All. G'day, this is Sean from the Boots and All Travel Network, and we're excited to be continuing sponsors of the Indie Travel Podcast. Today I wanted to talk about one of our online travel guides called Amsterdam Log. And as far as I can tell, I encourage Craig and Linda and all the listeners out there to check it out. It is the best English language travel guide to Amsterdam on the web. I have not been able to find anything better. Please, if you do, let me know by emailing me, sean at bootsandall.com. But check it out, Amsterdam, L-O-G-U-E dot com. Cheers. And thinking about Indonesia, Boots and All also has a really good site on Bali, which is baliblog.com. And I really like it because I know the guy that does a lot of their writing. <laughs> and um, yeah, he, the, and we've met yeah. him and we know him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we um, chat with Barry online quite a bit. And he's a really good guy and he's almost got me convinced. He almost had me flying up there from Perth <laughs> when we were there. So um, yes, yeah, so that's really good at baliblog.com. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much us for this week. So until next week, travel well.